Well, welcome back. Um, you've got two of us tonight, and I'll get to introductions in just a moment. Uh, I first want to just uh, offer the usual uh, shout-outs and, and notes of thanks to uh, some of the new followers this week. Because um, we we're happy to welcome a few new followers on Podbean. I say this week, but it's really actually the last two weeks, and I'll touch briefly on uh, what happened with last week's show. Um, but... <coughs> Since the last time that uh, that we gathered to talk, uh, we who have we added here? We've added whole lot of gaming with IIC. We've added Housebound podcasts, uh, which seems to talk about the latest news and rumors pertaining to superhero movies and television shows. So that's kind of interesting. And then Shuby Twenty Three, who um, had a review of some gaming hardware I saw on his profile. As well, uh, a number of new members to the Ultimate Dragons Facebook group. So we welcome this week Thomas, David, Kevin, another Thomas, actually, Jeffrey, Lewis, James, Sam, Mark, and Brendan. Welcome and splut to all. So um, tonight we are joined by Helgraf Dragon. Is that how you pronounce that? Yes, actually. <laughs> awesome. And um, you know what? I think I'm actually going to. Oh, who gave me the idea for this? Was it Clortos? Might have been Clortos. We'll we'll get. I'm, I'm going to inaugurate a, a new section here. I think um, just momentarily. Um, <clears throat> but first, just a quick note on yeah, what happened last week. Um, I actually had uh, episode 24 entirely recorded. Me and Joe Garrity sat down for over an hour, and we talked about the perils and pitfalls of crowdfunding. <coughs> and uh, then, at the last minute, I had to pull the episode, because it talked about something that... Uh, basically, uh, I covered a project, which we shall not name, and some negative comments about that project were posted on the website. Um, I was asked by the developer of the project to take the negative comments down. It's not really my style, you know, unless someone's being like actually illegal in what they're saying um, or saying things that would subject them to civil liability. Um, <clears throat> the developer then threatened to sue. So I have since removed all references to that project from the site entirely. And unfortunately they were discussed in the podcast briefly Um so I had to yank the episode. Pity. So that's what happened there. That That is now the lost episode, and uh, it can never be revealed. Or maybe, you know, <clears throat> someday, once all of the relevant legal entities aren't a problem anymore, I don't know. We'll see. So but... After we're all gone. <laughs> Anyways... Um, but so when I was templating the idea for spam, spam, spam humbug, and I was casting around different names, someone, and I want to say it was Clortos Dragon, but I'm not a hundred percent sure anymore because my memory's kind of dismal in that respect, um, suggested as an alternative name that I call it name job by. And, uh, obviously I didn't call it that. But I also thought to myself that, you know, that's a very specific um, 
there, there, there's a very specific utility to name job by because that's the sort of thing that you know would be really useful to call the segment if um i had someone on who was new and you know we could talk about them for a while so Helgriff, you are totally going to inaugurate that <laughs> ah, i get to be the guinea pig yes <laughs> And we'll start there, and then, you know, maybe we can move on to other subject matter if uh, if possible, but that's all right. Um, so, <clears throat> yes, name job by. So, your name is Hellgraph Dragon. How'd you come by that? Well, hmm. I actually have to remember, I've had this handle for so bloody long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I actually first used it in all things uh, in a play-by-mail game I had engaged in called Monster Island way almost 20 years back now. Oh, wow. And basically borrowed it, made it my primary AOL hand for a while, and then from there it's pretty much been what I've used for anything internet. <laughs> it works. It's a good name. Um, somewhat relatedly, what is I, I've been meaning to ask? What is the uh, the critter in your avatar here? This blue <clears throat> grinning. Yeah, the avatar of my avatar. Yes. That's a little project I put together while they had that brief make your own Navi program on, floating on the net. Okay. Yeah, I um, decided to have some fun with that. So instead of using a photo of myself, I got a photo of one of those convenient little Halloween skulls and put my glasses in front of the eyes and took the picture, let their software do its magic. <laughs> and what we have is something that has been referenced multiply as the creepiest avatar I've ever seen. It's yet. Yeah, it's not bad. It would do well. You know, you know how the gargoyles are sometimes depicted as kind of having skull faces. Mm -hmm. um, it, it would do well in in that context. You know. Yeah, if I was to run it in a, in a red shade, it would fit right in. I, I think so. I, I think so. Actually, you know what? You, you know what? You could probably pass it off as like being, you know, a, a reject gargoyle concept from Ultima 10 because, you know, they were already experimenting with different skin tones. Wish I'd thought of that. <laughs> but now the world knows. Sweet dealio. Alright, so, um... <clears throat> oh, hang on, I got a question coming in here. <clears throat> Always questions from upstairs. Is that better or worse than questions from downstairs? <laughs> ah, uh, I'm recording this uh, a little bit late. I would normally actually have recorded on Friday, but uh, that fell through. And uh, so my, my wife and I are currently watching through the entirety of The Clone Wars. And so, I um, <clears throat> yeah, there, there's like not a night where we don't polish off at 
least three episodes. And so I think she's just like, hey, where are you? I want to watch Clone Wars. But <clears throat> that's all right. Um, so, all right, cool. Well, so that's the name. Um, <clears throat> job. Now, here's a... here. <laughs> Let's focus on your role within the Ultimate Dragons for now. You know, I mean, not that the Ultimate Dragons are like an organization with an org chart. What are some of the things you've done as a dragon? Okay, um, I'll be. A, let's start that one again. I have not been really, really involved in like the projects. Like I was in the news group for the longest time until one of the other computer replacements occurred and I lost track of Usenet. <laughs> but uh. yeah, while I've played most all of the Ultimas and beaten a number of them, yeah, I was never really involved in the various reconstructions, rebuilds. So... Really more of a fan than a maker. Yeah. Uh, how did you come to, to Ultima, if, if, uh, if you don't mind my asking? Let's see. First Ultima I played would be Ultima 3 on the Commodore 64. Classic. And yeah, we pretty much picked up each one after that, although... As I'm sure you've heard many times before, Ultima Six on the Commodore. Ooh. <laughs> that was a dog. <laughs> yes. That's the one that we actually eventually had to switch over to our first IBM. <laughs> we gotta upgrade the computer. We gotta play Ultima Six the right way. Got to upgrade the computer to get the ultimate, latest Ultima game to run at all. <laughs> yeah, this... pushing hardware forward since forever. Pretty much. Ugh. Yeah, I, you know, I, I mean, I grew up PC, so uh, I, I never had the chance to experience the the joy of some of the Commodore ports or the pain of that one in particular. Slightly less so if you had two disk drives, but still not good. Now, is it more painful or less painful than the Super Nintendo port of Ultima 7? Hard call. <laughs> I've heard a lot of interesting things about that port. See, the difference there is sort of a difference between physical difficulty, where the Commodore wins and a more plot and other issues difficulty where the SNES comes out ahead air quotes yeah. <laughs> I uh, actually someone on Twitter the other day um, fired a tweet at the Ultima Codex uh, you know basically saying oh hey like this guy's never played Ultima before and he's doing a Twitch stream of Ultima 7 <laughs> Okay, that's cool. I'll click through. It's the Nintendo version. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, all I could reply back was just like, oh, poor guy. He's never going to play the series again. <laughs> he ain't coming back. Eh. <clears throat> yeah. 
Oh, well. So, all right. Um, hmm. Before we leave Jobs, oh, while I was rocking her back to sleep, I had a thought. And then... It slipped out of my head, and that sucks. Oh, right. Keep Favorite Ultima. <laughs> Toss-up between five and seven. Interesting. Uh, five for the story and the overall interactivity. And for a lot of the firsts, first day, night cycle, scheduling and all that. Seven for the sheer fun of little things like the what I call the, the light the night project. Grabbing all the candles you can and setting them up so the entire city of Trinzic has not one step of darkness as you walk around it at night. Nice. That's an alright uh... <laughs> downside of things like this. We quickly run into the uh, what Joe the what excuse me, Doug the Eagle referred to as the Armageddon problem, where basically yes. if you make if you make enough objects permanent, or use the Buccaneers' den system for too much gold, the walls start to disappear. Yeah, well, yeah, because the game, I mean, it treats everything like even if you have a, yeah, but like even if you have a stack of gold coins, right? Like it, even though. <clears throat> Like what it should do is it should treat the stack as a single object in memory with an assigned you know quantity value. But what it does is it treats you know a stack of a hundred gold coins as basically a hundred gold coins allocated in memory, each its own individual object. And so yeah, that's why that bug starts to appear because you know the game <clears throat> um, is basically like maxing out on the number of objects it can stuff in memory, and it's actually having to swap them in and out. Uh, in order to keep lurching along. And that's why all of a sudden, like, the walls disappear and things like that. <clears throat> I never tested. And I don't think Doug... Well, sorry, what? I was going to say, it's a shame, because it, it, I've had some interesting projects building, like, two-story houses out of stray lumber barrels and crates. <laughs> like the whole flying carpet fortress idea only expanded like the thing where you put yes. like banks and banks of crates on the backs and sides I, you know what I do that anyways just for storage capacity yeah and you fly around and watch the pirates throw their attack their daggers and fireballs at you and it all bounces off the sides <laughs> yep but yeah, it's it's weird because like, <clears throat> and you know, I don't think Doug the Eagle ever tested this, but what I always meant to do was like, and, and unfortunately it's unpredictable, right? So you can't really control it to this degree. But I always thought, you know, it would be neat if like, you know, I could like make the wall of the uh, uh, disappear and like, would the collision zone still be there? Like would when the object disappears, would the entire thing of it disappear? Be, uh, could I actually like walk into bank? From what I've observed, um, make... missing walls because I've run into the phenomenon more often than I like to admit. Um, yeah, when the wall disappears, you can walk right through the empty space. What happens is the wall disappears, but there's a certain number of like columns, but the space in between the columns where the walls used to be completely gone. You can walk in and out through. 
So if you happen to say get the the royal mint walls to disappear, boom. Nice. Yeah, I good to know. I mean, because I never, yeah, I never experimented with that. I actually try and avoid that effect. But, uh, I prefer to, <clears throat> as part of my as builder projects, I've run into the issue often enough, and it's like, like hmm. I, I, I saw it and I said, I have to test that. Is the wall gone <laughs> or just invisible? Turns out it is, in fact, gone. Nice. I remember, you know, oh, silly audio. Stop being silly. There we go. Stern talking to works every time. You know, I can sometimes scare electronics into working order just by staring at them. It's true. My wife will wonder how I did that. I'm not at work. It's useful. Um, but yeah, I always remember my sisters used to encounter this problem a lot where they'd like, they'd spend, you know, like 45 minutes baking bread and then they would go wandering around. And of course they'd have like just dozens of loaves in the avatar's backpack. And then, you know, like, yeah, just little, like, you know, little chunks of the grass would be disappearing and they'd be, oh my gosh, what's happening? I've seen it. Yes. Silly games. Avatar. I don't think you can really not do that. <laughs> that would have been a great really place to use that voice effect. <laughs> yeah, it would. That's funny because I don't think, mind you, I guess in Ultima Six you really couldn't <clears throat> create things in quite that same absurd quantity. So no, maybe it's not as big of a deal. Had was the uh, the whole wisp gold phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, although I should one, I, I wonder, maybe I should like try it. No, I don't know. I think, I think the stacking was pretty robust in that one too, in that, you know, <clears throat> um, but I don't know. I should test it. I should like, you know, rob the Royal Mint and then try and place every gold coin individually on the ground and just see what the game does. When I have time to sit and do that, because of course oh, I've yes. have tons of time to oh, sit and do things. Time in the world at all right. <clears throat> <laughs> exactly. We don't have jobs. Well. <laughs> yeah. Or obligations or family or anything of that sort. No. Nothing. No. It's just it's it's exactly like being 12. Uh fully. Alright. Um let me just have a quick I don't know. Read anything interesting? Not can be issue. No. I just want to actually flip through my list. Uh, you know, I use like all of this tech, and then um, it's still impossible sometimes to like really keep on top of things. Just because, like, I mean, I have all these systems set up where, like, you know, if I see. Uh, some Ultima related content on the web, then I can quickly like <clears throat> save it and then tag it. And then it gets stuffed into a spreadsheet and then I can make a note to, <clears throat> and then I can pull it out of the spreadsheet and write about it. And it's good. 
except that it's good right up until the complexity involved to make it all work. Well, it's more, it's more, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden I look and I'm just like, why does this list have 30 entries on it? How did I fall so behind? Except that I know exactly how I fell so behind. Indeed. So, so what are you playing lately? If you're playing anything. Um, scattered across four or five different things. Uh, probably, let's see, the most recent ones would actually be Skyrim and Faster Than Light. And I think I've got the Betrayal of Crondor and A Curse of the Azure Bonds games going. Oh, nice. Yeah, so all over the computer gaming spectrum, time-wise. <laughs> Uh, I have to be a little bit more judicious myself. Um, <clears throat> I've been meaning to check out FTL. I've heard a lot of good things about it, although I'm not sure it's quite my style of game. I don't really handle losing people that well. Ah, yeah, you might want to sidestep around that one then. <laughs> I have certainly lost far more games than I have won. Now that said, I am actually I, I am actually really intrigued by um, <clears throat> Rebel Galaxy has just come out um, by a company called Double Damage, which is two guys. Um, Travis Baldry is one of them, and the other guy's name eludes me. Um, they're basically <clears throat> they're the guys who founded Runic Games, uh, so they worked on like the Torchlight series. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of. Uh, <clears throat> It's a space trader shooter sim kind of thing. So, except that I guess it happens on like a 2D plane, so it's sort of semi on rails. So, I'm not sure, but <coughs> it I'll looks admit, neat at any rate. I'll admit I'm not too familiar with it yet. <clears throat> yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> It's so it's 3D and it's kind of it's got like you know vibes of like privateer because you started with like a basic ship and then you know you're upgrading and there's a mission path with 25 to 30 hour storyline but then you know you also just have these massive sectors that you can just fly between all the planets trading right (coughs) and you know yeah and so you can you know um, you can get along with people or you cannot get along with people. Uh, I think the trailer, the one trailer I remember is like, you know, you're talking to an alien and he makes you an offer and you can like agree. You can ask for more info. You can disagree. Or then it like scrolls down a little bit more and you can really disagree. And then it cuts to, you know, scenes of space battles and eventually gets you to the splash banner, you know, outlawed doesn't mean outgunned. Um, and so, yeah, I, I gather the soundtrack's really good. Sort of got a, if, if you like country and Western, it, it's kind of got a, a really odd soundtrack given the subject matter, but apparently it works really, really well for how they've put it together. <coughs> so who knows? That might be one I have to check out. You know, when I have time. Honestly, right now, I think the most time I spend playing is in... Um, the old Republic just because, you know, my wife likes to play that too. So we're working through the Jedi story arcs right now. 
which dovetails nicely with like all the Star Wars Clone Wars that we're watching lately. So good combo. It is. I, I think so. I'll admit I haven't seen very much of the Clone War. Like I saw the original uh, Tartavaski series, but I've only caught like an episode here or there of the of the newer one. Park Tarkovsky Clone Wars. Oh yeah, there was that little two thousand and three yeah, uh, twenty episode <coughs> in series of ten. Right. Taking place between the second and third movies, basically. Yeah, uh, the new Clone Wars series is, I mean, it's set the, between the second and third movies as well. And it's, um, it's re- like, it's really good. I've been enjoying it greatly watching it. Um, but I, I just actually, I just learned today that the first three and a half seasons um, are the, the episodes are not in chronological order, like at all. Nope. Um, so <clears throat> I realized this last night when it's just like, Oh, Hey, I remember these clone characters that were watching in the first episode of season three that I saw that half of them die in like the middle episode of season one. What's going on here? And I'm Googling around today. And it's just like, oh, no, it's all out of order. What's going on here? The Time <laughs> Lord has pranked you again. <laughs> oh, he gets me all the time. It happens. It happens. <clears throat> well, for once, my pocket queue is actually ridiculously empty. Although I guess <clears throat> there is this geek wagon site. Uh, I'm going to totally have to post about this on the codex, but, uh, but yes, it's, um, the Ultima seven party platter. So this will end up in the show notes for sure. Geekwagon.net slash projects slash U seven PP. So for those of you who, uh, like Hellgriff, uh, really like Ultima seven, um, this is an interesting, this might be an interesting app. If you really want to like, you know, how to uh, plan out and kit out your entire party, this website is for you. It's a little web app that basically lets you select each of the recruitable characters in the game uh, and then figure out, you know, which uh, which trainers you want to take them to based on the amount of training points that are available to them to, you know, maximize or, uh, you know, really uh, flesh out particular stats for them. So it mostly just lets you click around. It, it's, you know what? It would be handy almost to just have this open so you could have the, the list of trainers and then of course, figure out where they are. But yeah, because then there's a little map that comes up and, you know, like it shows you, oh, okay, this trainer is located at this point on the map. And so I, uh, I found this, a link to this months ago, and it just unfortunately got buried in my pocket queue, and I didn't tag it appropriately, so it didn't go into the check or the, uh, the spreadsheet for, for posting. I, I've corrected this error, but... Bah. Alrighty. Well, you know what? <clears throat> I'm going to say, uh, first off, thank you for, for joining in, Helgraf. This is going to be a shorter episode, but that's all right. Short one's good sometimes. Um, 
There's a punchline I could make there. One of my coworkers really doesn't care for it, though. Fact. Yeah. Anyway, um, <clears throat> well, thank you for joining in, good sir. Thank you. And, uh, yes, this has been an interesting test of the name job by framework. And so on that note, um, we shall say goodbye to, well, to all of you listeners, actually, really. Um, Kelgrip, did you have any particular favorite way of signing off? We've had a few interesting ones uh, from the various people who've guested on the cast thus far. I'll admit, I'm drawing a bit of a blank. How does it fade into the radio's static? <laughs> well, then we officially say bye to Helgriff. Um, and for the rest of you all, be virtuous. We'll be back next week. <laughs>